0: In this special edition of The Transparent Truth The coach Keith Miller takes you back to his coaching days as a coach with the Compton Tar Babes Sit back and take a ride This is the Compton Chronicles the Life and Times Club City Ha <laughs> ha! Welcome, welcome You're now listening live to The Transparent Truth It's your boy Coach Keith I'm in the office in Cerritos, California, Dr. Miller's office For all your mental health needs Please contact her She's waiting to hear from you. But this is the Transparent Truth, and this is Compton Chronicles Part 7. We're getting ready to get started back telling a story. Uh, We just got the call that we were going to be playing in a revenge game versus Esperanza. But before we get to it, we need to get to our sleeper of the week. It's time for our sit and sleep sleeper of the week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects. That need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology, Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands Thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Now. Sit and sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised now. price or your mattress is free. Now. free. Now. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. So this week, our transparent truth sleeper of the week goes to a long, lean, athletic, defensive end slash outside linebacker out of the L.A. City section, Dorsey High School, Mark Blocker. Mark Blocker, the 6'4", 210-pound, defensive end, outside linebacker out of Dorsey. He's lean. He's athletic. He's got a burst off the edge. Reminds me of a young Dayton Jones. Uh, big-time playmaker. He's got a nice ceiling. He's got big-time potential. Needs to get in the weight room. Needs to get on his speed work and change the direction work. But he's got a nice foundation. He's comfortable making plays in the backfield. He's got some vertical edge rush speed. I like him. I think he's got a big-time future ahead of him. So, Mark Blocker, Dorsey High School. Congratulations. You are a transparent truth. Sleeper of the week. All right, let's get back to the story. Compton Chronicles, man. Part 7. So, we finish off the season. We play Cabrillo. We win. The game performs at halftime. The crowd's going nuts. We're going crazy. we get the call the next day that we are going to play Esperanza in a rematch of the previous year, the 05 season's uh, first round game, which we lost 24-14. to 14. Uh, We were better than they expected. We battled back in the second half that first year. But this year, we knew we wanted them. We wanted our revenge. And I remember getting the call that we were playing Esperanza, and I remember calling Ray Chapman, as soon as I got the call, said, we got Esperanza. And he went absolutely crazy. I want them. Let's go. I can't wait to play them. We need our revenge. And uh, I know all of our kids were so, so excited because the 5 season, we didn't felt like they beat us. We felt like we just ran out of time. We were playing, again, with our backups, backup, quarterback. Uh, and we just didn't get the job done in the time that was allotted to us. But man, we felt like if there was another quarter left in that game, that we were going to beat them. Well, we got four quarters to go. And uh, we were going to prepare really, really hard and make sure that we left no stone unturned. We were working to the max. And guys were paying attention to details, focus, laser focus, and driven to have a great week of practice. So here we go. We've got Esperanza. I remember talking to you guys or telling this story a few weeks back and when we played them the first year, we watched five of their games and they never threw the ball to this left tight end. You fast forward a year later, I watched five more of their games and they never threw the ball to the left tight end. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, listen, what do I got to lose, right? And I I don't know any defensive coordinator in the world today or that's ever lived that did what I was going to do Game plan against Esperanza We intentionally did not Guard one of their eligible receivers The entire football game That was our plan going in That was the plan We were going with Uh, And if it burned us We would make adjustments But I was going to put my money behind the percentages Play those percentages And make sure that my guys were on top Of everything else they need to be on top of So that we could get out in front of this team so as we move on in a week of practice, you know, the coaches, they can't believe it. You're not going to guard this guy. I'm saying we're not going to guard him. They haven't thrown a ball to this guy in two years. We're not going to guard him. So we committed, you know, nine, ten guys to the run game. They ran the wing T attack. They were very, very effective and efficient. Quarterback Kevin Jablonski was a University, of Air, excuse me, Air Force signee, uh, he was a playmaker, he had legs, he had an arm They had a running back who signed with Oregon Can't remember the kid's name But he was a big physical back At about 5'11", about 205 pounds And they had a tough physical offensive line uh, Jack Lowry, I think his name is He was a kid who went on to get drafted to the NFL Has been a 9 or 10 year eh, I don't want to say 9 or 10 But he's been in the NFL maybe 6 or 7 years now and they had a really good team. They were Esperanza. They were the number three seed or four seed. We were the number 13 to 14 seed. So we knew we had our work cut out for us, but we knew we were coming to that game for vengeance and we were going to get back to our winning ways. And as that week kind of descended, our guys got more and more focused. We got more and more locked in on the game plan. We knew offensively that we could run the ball if we could block them, uh, how we had designed to block them. And defensively, we knew that we held up really good against the run all year. We had played a wing T attack multiple times over the last two years and that we had a very good and aggressive game plan that included not guarding one of their eligible receivers – but that's what we believed in. So, uh, you know, here we go. It's Friday night, and we've got to take a trip to uh, Orange County. Esperanza stands are full as soon as we get there. And we get there at 5 o'clock, 4.30, baby. I mean, they're, they're, their fans are loaded in, and they're, I mean, just packed on their size, Standing room only. I guess they were waiting to witness a slaughter. We get to the game Our guys are really focused They're really serious There's no laughing, there's no joking I don't see no smiling I mean, Our guys look like they had the eye of the tiger And they were ready to play They were ready for that revenge game We get down to Warm up time And I remember being on the sidelines And that running back I was telling you guys about the Oregon signee He's kind of warming up next to our sideline And I tell him, we're going to bust you up you better believe that. We're going to bust you up today. And so he's kind of talking. My head coach is trying to telling me to be quiet, but I'm talking trash because I want my guys to get after him. I want my guys to see my confidence through my talk and let them know that I got your back and I'm going to get out in front of you guys, play, and I'm going to let them know that we're going to put a hurting on him. So, you know, the game starts. We get the ball first. They kick off. And. And. We get it at our own 20. We march down on a 10-play drive. Uh, You know, 8-0 right off the bat. We punch it in from about two yards out. Anthony Wright's running the ball real well. We're running our pitch. We're running our trap. And we punch in this 8-0 counting early. And we go march down the field on a 10-play, kind of 75, 80-yard drive. I don't think Esperanza kind of knew what hit them. They get the ball. I remember their first play, they get out, they break the huddle really quick, they get out in the stance, they snap the ball, we weren't really prepared or ready at that time, for some reason our guys weren't lined up, and they rip off about a 15, 20 yard run off off our right side, their left side, and I remember yelling and screaming, you guys got to get ready, you knew they were going to do this, and so our kids, you know, true to form, true to practice, they're ready the next play. Uh, we stop them on, you know, inside run play. Second down comes. Uh, we stop them on a quarterback, kind of kind of keep around in for a negative yardage. Third down comes. They try to run a draw play that they actually hit us for, for a touchdown the year before, a 40-yard touchdown run the year before. They hit us with this kind of wraparound draw. We stuff it in the backfield on third down and make it third and make it fourth and long, and they got a punt. So they're four plays and out on their first drive after we just marched 75 yards in 10 plays. So we get the ball back. We get it kind of at our own 15-yard line. And we go back to work. We pitch it to Anthony Wright. You know, we we hand it to Donald Green. We pitch it to Anthony Wright. We hand it to Donald Green. We we trap it up to Tito. Next thing you know, we march another 11 plays, 85 yards, and we punch it in. And all of a sudden, it's 14 nothing Compton. And... It's the end of the first quarter. They had the ball one time. They're down two scores. It's 14-0. And we just know that we are about to smack this team no matter what. And our guys, they just really, really had that eye to Tiger. I knew we were really going to come after them, and we did. We jumped out on them 14-0. And we were very, very excited about where we were. Maybe a little too excited because the next time they got the ball after we kick off, uh, they get a couple – a couple first downs on a run. Some tough first downs, but first downs, nothing left. Then they kind of play action and they send a, a slot guy right up the middle, and we failed to guard the guy. Now, it was, I know what you're thinking. Coach Keith, you told your kids not to guard this guy. No, no, no. It wasn't that guy, it was another guy. We let this guy run right down the middle, uncontested. We kind of blow the coverage, and the guy scores on about a 50 yard pop pass. Disappointed I was, came to the sidelines, made corrections, made sure we knew what we had, cleaned up the coverage, right? Tightened up the screws, and then uh you know, at that point it was 14-7. We had the ball, drove a little bit, we punt it, they got the ball back, they drive down, uh, but we stop them kind of in the red zone. They kick a field goal, it's fourteen ten. We get the ball back. We throw an interception, bad throw by our quarterback, bad decision. They get the ball, couple first downs, but we stop them inside the red, inside the actually inside the ten yard line. Great job. I remember substituting uh, my sophomore defensive tackle, Justin Brown. Justin Brown again, he was a bully by nature, but we had prepared him throughout the season, getting him ready to play in, in this type of environment, and atmosphere. Justin Brown. He gets in there and makes a couple huge plays inside the five-yard line along with Dayton Jones, and we stuffed him inside the five and make him settle for a field goal. It's 14-13, Compton going into half. uh, Not really going into halftime. We get the ball back. We can't really do anything with it. We punt it. They get the ball. They're trying to go down and score. We get a big sack by my man Berger uh, on a second down play as the clock is running down. Then they try to throw the ball up top. Uh, Ronnie Ray picks them off before halftime Ray Chapman does So we go into halftime up 14-13 The important part about this is How halftime started As we're walking to the locker room They're walking to the locker room as well And the locker rooms are kind of through the same tunnel So as we're walking They're walking We're looking at them, they're looking at us They're walking, we're walking And we both teams stop Right in front of the tunnel And they look at each other And we barking at them This game ain't over There's a second half We coming out to get y'all We gonna come out and get y'all It's the second half And they talking And we talking And man it was a tremendous Tremendous atmosphere It wasn't quite Miami-Notre Dame But it was a festive and live atmosphere Something that I relish I love the intensity Um, I love the gamesmanship I love the competitive spirit And competitive fire of the players Coaches as well And so we go in the locker room. We make our adjustments. We feel like we get, we have them when we want them. We come out in the second half. Uh, we get the ball, and you know we hit those guys with a third down. And my brother talked about this a couple episodes ago. When we're backed up, kind of in our own end, and uh, we feel like other teams think we have nothing, do, We like to give the ball and a little scissors play to the outside to our fastest guy. So we. We're backed up. I remember the first down play kind of inside our own 10-yard line. Our quarterback Demetrius fumbles the ball, then runs out of bounds with it. So it's second and 11. We give Donald Green a 38 scissors. And he gets the ball. He hits the outside. And the great thing about when Donald Green gets the ball and the scissors, he's got Berger in front of him blocking. And this is our 5'9", 5'8". 250-pound guard who runs a 4-7, 4-8, 40, and who's strong as a freaking ox. So Burger's in front of him. Burger kicks out the corner. Donald Green cuts up. Then Burger moves on to the safety and knocks him on the ground. Donald Green cuts outside that block, hits the sideline, and here we go. They got their track sprinter safety trying to chase down our 4-3, 4-4 speedster. Donald Green hits the outside. He's the sideline. I remember him running past me. I'm thinking, "Go, Donald, go!" And Donald Green, all you hear, see, all you see is his heels hitting his butt, and he's rolling down that sideline. They're trying to catch him, and nobody can catch this little kid. He scores. We go up twenty to thirteen. Uh, they get the ball back. We stop them after you know maybe four or five plays. Defense is playing well. They kick the ball off to us. Or excuse me, they punt it off to us. We get it. It um, kind of the a defensive struggle for a little while. Eventually, we get the ball, and it's a third down and long. It's probably a third and about 15. We're about at the 40-yard, our own 40 own, or maybe midfield. We throw a post route to Anthony Wright, the athlete, Marco. And ball arrives, and the ball kind of bounces off one of their players. And Marco runs underneath it and catches it and walks into the end zone. It's, we hit the two-point conversion. It's now 28-13, Compton, fourth quarter with about five minutes to play. Eventually, we felt like, you know, this game was ours. But Esperanza, championship-type team, they did not lay down and quit. Um, they dink and dunk the football down the field, throwing it, which they are not not accustomed to, and they are not known for, but they did that. Javonsky, the quarterback, he executed, and he threw the ball and made some really great throws, and they ended up scoring on us. And now it's 28-20. We're still up by eight, but we got the ball. We get it. We cannot squeak out a first down, so we have to punt it. And I mean to tell you, it's probably a minute in 20 seconds to go, they're on about their own 20 yard line, own 30 yard line or so. And, you know, we have all our, all the faith in our defense. Deontay Brooks, our captain, middle linebacker, is getting the troops organized. And we're making sure our coverages are sound on the back end. Mike Evans, our safety, and Ray Chapman, our corner, Anthony Wright, our other safety, Bernard Pooley Griffin at corner. We're rushing the pass away, Dayton Jones. Deontay's man in the middle of the field dropping to his zone. Chris Metcalf, our sophomore who excelled in pass coverage, he was now inserted into the game to help provide coverage in the intermediate routes. Uh, but, again, Esperanza was not you know, a pushover. They were not some slouches. The, again, they moved the ball down the field, finding openings, getting out of bounds, getting the stop, clock stopped. You know, executing plays, spiking the ball to stop it. They were well coached in the two-minute drill. But when the chips were down, they're at uh, maybe our 30-yard line. They roll right, kind of like a half-roll Jablonski does. He's got three receivers to his right. They try to get the third receiver to kind of cut back across field on like a backside post. And our backside safety, Mike Evans, Steps in front of it, picks it off, falls on the ground, and essentially the game is over. We go in with our offense, we take a knee, and we avenge our 2005 loss to the CIF finalist that year, Esperanza, and we get a win 28 20. And we don't just get a win, we get the first win for our Compton High School football team in over 25 years in the playoffs. We represent the Moore League as a third-place team with a win for the first time in a decade. We win for every single mother, every child who grows up in poverty, every kid who struggles to get three squares and a cot a day. We played for everybody that's ever had a hard day's work in the city of Compton, And our kids laid it all out on the line. And I remember how proud and proud and proud I was of those guys. They went to war. They went to battle. They fought their tails off. They remained disciplined uh, through controversy. They remained steadfast through adversity. Um, They did a tremendous job of sticking together, playing as a team, trusting their coaches, executing, And finishing the game the way it was supposed to be finished With the defense stepping up, making a play Because that was our defense all year That was a defense that we, you know I had come to build as kind of the leader of the defense But that's the defense we always talked about We wanted the onus on us We wanted to make the play at the end of the game To seal the deal, to finish it off To do something special in the city of Compton And we did that And and my goodness, what an unbelievable feeling Uh, All I remember and, And best thing I could tell you guys From this story is The ride home was one thing I will never ever ever forget I want you to imagine That there are 30 Black kids African American kids On a bus, high school age We just did something That hadn't been done in 25 years As a college high school Football team The game had his number one album out Our bus driver he had something he had something that played iPods. I mean, you remember iPads, you remember, not iPads, but iPods. You remember iPods back in the day? We got the chance to connect somebody's iPod to his radio. One of our players put the game's album on, and I mean to tell you, we got on that bus. I don't know how I'm still alive today. We must have rocked that bus 45 minutes the entire way home. We must have sung every word to the game's. Number one album. The bus was rocking. It was tipping and tilting over. People were hanging out the windows, heads, arms, legs. It was maybe the funnest time I've ever had in my life. And I was a grown man at this point. I was, you know, 26 years old. The best time I ever had in my life was with those kids on that bus on the way home from defeating one of Orange County's best teams. Defeating one of Orange County's best on the way home from a playoff win was one of the best times I've ever had in my life with those kids. We rapped and we laughed and we rocked and we tried to tip that bus over. We didn't care. We were so, so excited to do something special because we talked about it, you know, every step of the way. We're going to do something special. Just give me a special effort every day. And. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't just me. It wasn't some of the players. It was all the players. The guys who didn't get in and play, it was all of them. The guys who were the stars was all of them. Speaking of stars, Anthony Wright was special that game. Uh, I think he ran for 150. He had 15 tackles. He caught a touchdown. He was special. Uh, I remember the, the Press Telegram the next day read: Compton has all the right moves. And Wright was spelled W R I. W r i g h t, as in Anthony Wright, and uh, he was he was spectacular that game. And man, 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 what a special time in Compton! It was such a blast. It was so much fun. It was, it was nothing that compared to it that I can remember. I mean, I've played in front of eighty thousand people multiple times, and nothing compared to that trip home from being Esperanza. And it, it was it was just so much fun. And, uh, it was just a. It was a great time. It was a great time to be a Tar Bay. It was a great time to be a part of Convent High's program. But the bad news was, you had to play the number one seeded team, the Orange Lutheran Lancers, the next week. And you, it wasn't just the Orange Lutheran Lancers. It was the Orange Lutheran Lancers, led by Jim Kunal, who was one of the hottest head coaches in Southern California at the time. It was led by Aaron Corp, who for all intents and purposes was the leading player for the State Player of the Year Award via Cal High Sports. Uh, it was led by Blake Ailes, who was you know, consensus number one tight end in America. I mean, they just had a loaded squad. They had very, very good players. I mean, that wasn't all of them. They had a big tackle. Slash defensive end we ended up going to SC. Of course, Aaron Corp went to USC. Blake Ailes ended up going to USC and then transferred to Miami. They were loaded, but uh, that's who we drew. And you know that was the next game. And but you know we celebrated that night we beat Esperanza. And the next day we were right back to work. Couldn't be more excited about you know being a, getting a chance to face Aaron Corp. Uh, I remember watching you know video of him taping his game. And my oldest brother, who doesn't coach with us But often helps us out Just kind of uh, off-site He said, uh, you know you, you feel like you're a college coach, Keith Aaron is just a high school player Put a scheme together to make him look bad And I took that on as a challenge And it was A very, very Difficult kind of team To prepare for They ran sort of a triple option Triple option out of a, out of a spread Kind of like the Air Force offense uh, but then they would spread it out So it was, it was very interesting They like to use Blake Ailes down the scene Especially in the red zone uh, They like to use Aaron Corp on the keeper Every now and again Because he had 4 or 5 speed and He could run away from anybody They had just you know, beat on somebody In the first round by 50 So we had our hands full But it was something that we were looking forward to I know myself I was definitely looking forward to Our kids were excited about practicing uh, On Thanksgiving remember what that was like that was very very exciting even though you know you you think about turkey and 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 the stuffing and the macaroni and cheese but we were at conden high school practicing on thanksgiving i remember how we were all looking at each other hey man we practicing on thanksgiving i mean that's always the goal you want to be practicing on thanksgiving that means you're still playing that means your team's good enough and disciplined enough and tough enough to still be playing in the playoffs so we didn't take that lightly We, we practiced hard and the game plan for that week, I remember, it was it was trying. Our kids hadn't really seen an offense like that. I put some special pieces in for that game plan. We had to do some things kind of out the ordinary and different to really match up with this offense and the talented Orange Lutheran possessed. We get to Friday game time comes again. It's, it's supposed to be a home game for Compton. Again, just like against Long Beach Poly, which again I think is always unfair. There's an issue, stance isn't big enough, or they feel it's too dangerous. We got to move the game. So we end up moving the game again to Long Beach, Wilson. So we go too long. It's our third time that year playing Long Beach, Wilson. We played Long Beach, Wilson at Long Beach, Wilson. We played Long Beach Poly at Long Beach, Wilson. And now we were going to play Orange Lutheran at Long Beach, Wilson. Again, didn't think it was fair. We did not have the home crowd. We had a crowd, not as big as it probably should have been, uh, being that we were not at our home site. But you know, it kind of is what it is. You gotta, gotta, you kind of have to just go with the punches and go with the flow. So, we get to Long Beach Wilson and. Again, our kids are focused, man. At this point in time, we feel like you know we might be destined for a championship, but we know the number one seed, Orange Lutheran, and you know, they got a high-powered offense, and they got some physical Polynesian kids on defense that like to run and hit. They had very high-level coaching. So it was on us to come out and play with discipline and uh, be ready to respond when adversity hits and make sure we made adjustments on the move. They were going to come with their triple option spread attack. Uh, we were going to come with our double wing attack. We we're going to, you know, let the chips fall where they may. It was, it was, it was a very, very competitive game. Very competitive game. And I remember, you know, they can, kind of, they kind of came out first, and uh, we stopped them on the first drive, three and out. And I remember <clears throat> their quarterback Aaron Corp was their punter, and as their punter, he. Um he got the ball like he was going to punt, and then he threw the ball to his wide receiver over to the right for a first down on the first drive of the game after we had held him three and out. They end up going down scoring. It was 7 nothing. Uh We come back and we score. I mean, we're pitching the ball. You know, we're chewing up yardage. You know, when we decided to throw Anthony Wright, we got behind the defense. We score, I think, on a Donald Green kind of counter, play 7-7. Uh, then they score before halftime. I think it's 14-7. They come out third quarter. They score it's 21-7. Um, after we fumbled in our own end, one of our running backs gets the pitch. He fumbles in, in our own inside the five. They punch it in. So it's 21-7. Then we come back and score, make it 21-14. Shoot me, 21-13. We missed the extra point. It's kind of the fourth quarter. Game's going back and forth. We're stopping them. They're stopping us. Uh, they end up making some plays, executing. We're doing a really nice job, getting the ball out quickly out of Corp's hands. And we're kind of bringing pressure. They kind of matriculate the ball down the field. And they score on us, make it 28-13. Uh, we get the ball back. We're driving. And we throw a kind of a pitch pass. But it gets intercepted in their end. And they kind of run out the clock on us. So we lose. And we get knocked out the playoffs at 28-13. Versus Aaron Corp and Orange Lutheran. And it was a very, very good game. I remember the Orange Lutheran players saying, you know, that was the toughest game that they had all season. That was the most physical game they had all season. And I believe it. Our guys were running and hitting. Our guys were getting after them. Um, They were doing a nice job getting after us. It was a very, very competitive game. Highly contested. They were the, I think they were the better team, though. They were the better team. Um, They had, you know, a difference maker that, was pretty much, you know, better than everybody else Aaron Corp was pretty special At six foot four, two 205 pounds And ran 4'5", at quarterback And threw the ball 65 yards He was really, really good He was actually Marcus Mariota Before Marcus Mariota If anybody remembers Aaron Corp They'd be able to co-sign that He was a special, special football player um, Ended up going to SC Probably shouldn't have I always thought he should have went to Oregon Went to SC Thought he was a pro-style guy And things didn't work out for him there and took in he transferred. He's now actually coaching at Richmond College. Uh, I met a colleague or a coaching colleague of his uh, at the AFCK convention a couple of weeks ago. And I said, man, make sure you tell Aaron Corp coach Keith said, what's up? Uh but yeah, we take a L. We take a L. We get knocked out the playoffs. And what I remember most about that is our senior quarterback, Demetrius Johnson. The game's over. He's crying. Most of our kids are crying. We thought we were a team of destiny. Our kids gave an unbelievable effort. We were so proud of him. And Demetrius Johnson looks around and says, Man, what am I going to do now? Two weeks later, he was arrested for robbing a 7-Eleven store. 7-Eleven liquor store. And convenience store, whatever you want to call it. He was robbed a 7-Eleven and got five years in prison. That's going to do it for the Transparent Truth, episode seven of the Compton Chronicles. I appreciate you for joining me. Get back with me on Friday for episode eight. I know it's winding down here for the Compton Chronicles. Me and my man Greg Biggins are going to be back on the microphone together real, real soon. For episode eight, dropping this Friday of the Compton Chronicles, looking at the 2006 moving into 2007 offseason. The emergence of Dayton Jones, the introduction to Tavon Brown, and the, the difficult circumstances that surround both players, and you're not going to want to miss their stories. Trust me when I tell you so. Uh, follow us on social media, The Transparent Truth, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Follow me, Coach Keith, underscore MP. That stands for National Press. Without further ado, let's wrap this baby up. There's a new sheriff in town. And his name's Richie Hammond. Y'all be cool.